Thank you. Uh, these are my declaration of interest. So the topic that I will able to discuss with you today is a review on how we can use a liquid biopsy concept in the management of uh, colorectal cancer. We know that blood-based biomarkers in cancer are becoming increasingly important, and actually we can measure with more and more sensitivity and specificity, not only DNA, but also RNA, microRNA, and obviously protein. And we must remember the sources are very different, from cell-free circulating nucleic acid to circulating tumor cells, from exosomes, and even from platelets. Uh, there are a few important challenges that we are still to solve for the analysis of circulating free uh, DNA. First of all, the absolute levels are very low, although with the more recent techniques, especially when we use multi uh, gene assessment by uh, next generation sequencing techniques, even few nanograms per ml of plasma can be detectable and measured. And uh, an important issue is that circulating cell-free DNA is a mixture of uh, tumor-derived DNA and normal DNA deriving from uh, um, large varieties of normal uh, dividing cells. And therefore, the circulating tumor DNA is only a fraction that can go from as low as less than 0.1% to as high as 50% of what is circulating as free DNA in the plasma. And an important issue is that obviously the higher tumor burden, higher is the possibility that um, cell-free DNA is shed by cancer cells and could be found in the plasma, and therefore is higher the chance of finding mutations or um, alterations in advanced or metastatic patients. And usually these are short sequences, highly fragmented, and the range is relatively small in size, from 50 to 200 base pair, and uh, the half-life is obviously relatively short. So basically four potential applications can be um, seen in management of colorectal cancer from early stage of disease, even early diagnosis before cancer is known, to the detection of mineral residual disease. And this will be mostly, I guess, the topic of, um, uh, of the next presentation. And I will focus more on molecular profiling for the identification of prognosis, more importantly, predictive markers for uh, precision medicine approach of therapy. And obviously, in a dynamic, uh, sequential uh, timing, monitoring response to therapy to study um, clonal evolution of a tumor. In the time of detection of early disease recurrence, there is very interesting data that show clearly that in stage 2 colon cancer patients that underwent only surgery, uh, the presence of circulating tumor DNA predicts recurrence, and the same is in terms of adjunct chemotherapy in those patients with high risk stage 2 disease that uh, underwent adjuvant chemotherapy. And this precedes um, um, radiological progression and uh, um, rise in CAA level. In terms of molecular profiling for the identification of the disease, now we have more and more evidence that what we found in the tissue is more or less found also in the plasma in most patients uh, in a very similar way in terms of sensitivity and specificity. Uh, these are the first data that came from a series of retrospective analyses that were using mostly the uh, SISMEX beaming uh, um, uh, assay, but 
also with uh, more recent techniques and other um, vendors, it's possible to find similar results. Basically, the first study by Schmigel was basically done in Germany, whereas the other two uh, studies published last year in Annals of Oncology was first order Salvidal and Grasselli come mostly from uh, a series of patients from three institutions here in Barcelona, from um, Ramon Salazar, Clar Montagut, and obviously uh, Joseph Tabernero Alvio. And without entering in the details, we can say that when you use uh, beaming technology in uh, tissue and in plasma, there is a very high concordant level in uh, defining if a tumor is Raswell type or as mutant. And so clearly this shows that uh, it is feasible and is possible to measure with uh, almost the same accuracy by uh, beaming technology uh, the presence of mutation. And actually, if you just see in these retrospective courts that are in the Grasselli paper of uh, um, treatment with anti-GFR plus, monoclonal plus irinotecan in a second third line setting, these patients can be uh, equally um, evaluated in terms of uh, disease-free survival, either if we use standard of care um, tumor assessment or uh, uh, cDNA uh, evaluation of RAS mutation prior anti-GFR therapy. And so there is at least a very uh, relevant concordance. Um, within our trial that we did a long time ago, the so-called Gabrigoin trial, we tried to see if this could be reproduced. And uh, in, the, um, in the trial, we had originally 340 RAS exon wild type, uh, KRAS exon to well type patients, and out of these uh, 182 patients were tested with a simplified NGS analysis on the tissue, on the primary tissue, and half of these patients were also having a baseline plasma sample that was available for testing. In our analysis, most of the cases were concordant in terms of having either uh, ORAS wild-type tumor or any mutation in K or NRAS genes, but 10 discordant cases were uh, with plasma mutated and tissue wild-type, and vice versa. 10 were in uh, mutation in the tissue and wild-type for the plasma. So the concordance here was much lower, although you have to keep in mind that these were archival samples that were taken and uh, preserved as plasma, a uh, few years before the analysis. Actually, if we compare in terms of predictions of PFS and overall survival, uh, the baseline plasma versus uh, the um, tissue determination of KRAS and NRAS mutation status, this correlates very well. And so patients treated with fulfiri plus cetuxia with the Raswell type tumor as detected by tissue were with much longer PFS, in this case the median progression-free survival exceeded uh, 12 months, and uh, conversely with much higher um, overall survival, about three years, and the same with very similar figures could be seen with the liquid biopsy testing. Uh, interestingly was to analyze which were the differences between discordant cases in terms of, for example, mutant in the tissue and the plasma in the wild-type cases. As you remember, these were 10 patients, and 
there were some common um, characteristics. For example, seven out of these patients had a recurrence of the disease after the surgical resection, the primary. So the primary was where the mutation was. And the recurrence in most of these cases, at least in half of them, occurred relatively later, after one year. And most of the lesions were outside uh, liver, where usually there is much higher concordance. And in any case, these 10 patients had an higher um, survival. And so a negative liquid biopsy may suggest in this uh, case a much lower tumor burden and uh, a better outcome. But uh, on the other side, patients whose tumors were mutant in plasma, nine out of them were really uh, Mutant, and so basically was in most cases the um, the plasma determination was much uh, more sensitive than the determination in the tissue. But in any case, this uh, underlines the uh, tumor heterogeneity that can be found when we measure in the plasma. Obviously, one of the um, assumption is that we are collecting anything coming from any tumor site, whereas when you are we are testing one tissue, we are testing just one tissue. And therefore, an important aspect is how we can monitor response to therapy in order to take into account clonal evolution. And we know that, for example, even after chemotherapy, um, circulating tumor DNA can change. And usually, if it changes, at least there is some evidence, that if it changes early after starting therapy, in this case chemotherapy, this could be associated with a better response and a better progression-free survival. In terms of uh, um, what is the evolution of the appearance of mutations in patients treated with anti-GFR therapy and then recurring or progressing, obviously we now have... A, a relatively well-defined landscape of gene mutations that could be responsible with a very high difference in terms of percentage and also very high difference in terms of clonality because uh, we have to keep in mind that maybe the highest clonality is still in the mutation of KRAS and NRAS gene. And uh, therefore, even in terms of uh, um, occurrence of mutations through and uh, during treatment, there is uh, an important subclonality. And as usual, we can think about being either de novo mutations or the selection of relatively small uh, groups of cells. There were very small uh, number of cells that were sorted out by a selection were killing the sensitive cells and favoring now an emerging group of mutated clones. And so basically, as was uh, already pointed out by several uh, reviews article. In this case, liquid biopsy is the only uh, simple tool that we could have in our hands as medical oncologists to um, understand in a single patient's temporal spatial uh, heterogeneity in cancer progression. But uh, um, what was really interesting was this study published by the group of uh, Alberto Bardelli in Turin now several years ago. They, for the first time, clearly showed that uh, occurrence of uh, RAS mutations were a key determinant for occurrence of resistance to um, treatment with anti-GFRMoclonal antibodies such as cetuximab or panitumumab. And uh, Alberto in the East group was also able to find that in some cases other mutations that were different from the classical mutations that are 
um, the ones that we uh, find ma uh, more in the tumor before treatment with anti-GFR antibodies could be found. Uh, and these mutations we know now have a, a very relevant temporal evolution. We know, for example, that the longer patients are not treated with anti-GFR, the higher is the chance that some of these mutations disappear. But uh, a lot of different studies, mostly by series of retrospective studies, have been showing with different techniques uh, that uh, the most common mutations that are linked to acquired resistance to anti-GFR treatment in metastatic cancer patients still belong to the RAS family of genes. Um, to make uh, things uh, um, more understandable in a prospective way, there was this study. It is a small uh, prospective liquid biopsy monitoring study done by uh, Manny Hidalgo and colleagues uh, here in Spain that uh, was uh, following 25 patients treated with fulfiri plus in first line uh, by consecutive liquid biopsy determination of the key genes for uh, the pathway, and so the Keras and Ras, Piatrica, and ACA, and BRAF gene. And clearly, as you can see in this panel, patients have never developed mutations in the pathway where the patients are having the best uh, um, treatment advantage. And you can see the patients with the continued uh, circulating tumor DNA in the wild type status were those patients with having a better progression free survival that translated in a much better survival. And so although this is a small uh, single arm series, this is very uh, relevant for the concept that we were discussing. And uh, again, uh, the evolution of mutations post-treatment is quite remarkably uh, different, not only in terms of genes, but also in terms of percentage of clones that are emerging. A clear evidence of this came with this study. I'm not entering the details of the study that Clara uh, and Guillaume published uh, earlier this year in JAMA Oncology, where the efficacy of a doublet of monoclonal antibodies to the EGFR, the so-called CMO4, was tested in patients with the refractory treatment to anti-GFR therapy and molecular selection was possible because in this patient, uh, a basal uh, gardant plasma um, assessment by NGS was done on 70 genes in terms of mutation, amplification, um, and deletions. And the interesting aspect of the trial in this part of heterogeneity was that the basal uh, liquid biopsy assessment of genes in these patients following uh, resistance to anti-GFR treatment and before CMO4 treatment was that uh, a lot of genes were mutated. Clearly, clonality was very different, and APC and TP3 genes were those that were basically mutated in most of the cells and were really clonal since the origin. And there was a hierarchy in terms of clonality. For example, KRAS was the first of these genes with higher clonality. And if we set a 20% in a very arbitrary way um, per, uh, of uh, mutant allele frequency, uh, the possibility is a clonal tumor. This is, applies only for KRAS, much less for NRAS, BRAF, V600E, and even for the merging extracellular domain mutation for the EGFR. And if you see in the panel C without reading, because it's impossible to read, you will see individual patients in which there is a number of genetic um, 
changes that involve a lot of genes, and most of these genes, these are subclonal. How this translates in efficacy or potential predictivity to response to anti-GFR remains to be determined, especially for the role of uh, EGFR extracellular domain mutations, because these antibodies were thought to be developed to work also in these mutants that usually occur in 30 to 50% of cases after uh, prolonged cetuximab or panitumab exposure. But uh, to make things more complex, in this randomized phase two trial, the appropriate dose of CIMO4 was more effective than standard chemotherapy approach of choice only in those patients with uh, what we call uh, the triple negative metastatic colorectal cancers that were RAS, RAF, and excellent cellular EGFR domain negative. This telling you that the situation is more complex than we can think even when we monitor patients in metastatic disease. So in conclusion, uh, we need highly sensitive methods for detecting biomarkers, especially if they are of uh, uh, nucleic acid source in the circulating free DNA, especially if you want to look at circulating tumor-derived DNA. And the next generation sequencing based techniques are maybe the best comprehensive molecular portrait for evaluating the tumor in the, uh, in the plasma. Therefore, I strongly believe that liquid biopsy will become more and more relevant as a practical tool that we as medical oncologists will have in daily practice, at least for the treatment of metacycloretal cancer, but I will say that at least for other solid tumors such as uh, lung cancer or, for example, metastatic melanoma. And we need to learn more and more from prospective trials what means the high level of tumor heterogeneity that can be recapitulated in the liquid biopsy uh, readout because clearly the more we learn about subclonality, the more uh, we shift from the idea that all cancer cells are equal and then they are different. And so a very important aspect, if we don't want to translate the concept of liquid biopsy to clinical practice, is the quality of liquid biopsy testing with inadequate monitored program of external quality assessment programs. And this has been very relevant when we started with immunohistochemistry, with AGFR, for example, or for, um, then for the assessment of mutations of KRAS and then NRAS and BRAF. And this becomes even more relevant when we do NGS in the plasma. Thank you very much.